Good morning, everyone, on this second week of Advent, the season of the church calendar, where the people of God embody a posture of anticipation as we reflect upon the birth of Christ. It's in this season that we recognize the state of our world in first century Palestine and today, and humanity's deep yearning for a savior. It is that tension between brokenness and rescue that the hope of Christ is born into. And if there was ever a time when we felt that tension between those two things, I think it's probably this year. On the one hand, we as the church, we believe that Jesus was born 2,000 years ago, that this act of God was the beginning of God's redemption of all humankind and the start of God's kingdom being brought here on earth. But on the other hand, this year has shown us that God's kingdom has definitely not come in full. So many difficult things have happened this year. And here we are today sitting in the biggest COVID-19 surge of the year and in a renewed stay-at-home order here in the LA area. Now, the pandemic has definitely redefined our world. We had no idea what this virus was gonna to do to our entire civilization when we first shut down our cities back in March. And now nine months later, we are contemplating this Christmas season, whether Clorox wipes or hand sanitizer might be the most anticipated Christmas gifts we give this year. Now, why? Well, it's because COVID-19 has taken away one of our most important experiences in life. Touch. Because of the pandemic, we can't touch anything or anyone the same way that we would have. I was watching a Christmas movie with Farah the other night, a romantic comedy, and we were commenting how crazy it is to see people just walk around, walk around a city and touch doorknobs and escalator handles without even thinking about washing their hands or carrying hand sanitizer with them. We're constantly taking inventory now of what we touch when we walk outside. When I take my family out, I'm constantly yelling at my kids, don't touch anything. Mostly because whenever my daughters touch anything in public, they seem to immediately rub their eyes after. But I realize, as I reflect, how much this is changing our lives. Now, I have to encourage my kids not to get too close to people, not to hug them, not to touch them. And I realize how much I myself miss handshakes, how I miss high fives and pats on the back, in a world where we've all made ourselves untouchable. Now this Advent season, we are exploring our deep need for touch in this pandemic world. It's something our bodies and souls long for. We stand six feet apart and we have to conduct ourselves, all our gatherings through a screen like this. Without touch, we feel so alone, so distant from each other, but even from God himself. Now, God, he made us with fear and wonder. And he understands our nervous system, the way that our bodies are crafted, our emotions and our souls. 
He knows that we need touch. He knows that we need God to touch us. And sometimes we need to touch God. And so the birth of Christ 2,000 years ago, this arrival of our messianic king was more than just a theological idea. It was the birth of a real child, fully divine, but fully human too. The Gospel of John, as we talked about last week, sets it this way in chapter 1. That the Word became flesh, flesh, and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. These words, they anchor our Advent series this year. The divine Word of God became human flesh. A person with skin and bones and muscles and nerves so that we could touch him and he could touch us. Now think about that. The God who created the universe, the the Almighty, the God of the angel armies, the Alpha and the Omega, takes on human flesh and becomes touchable. This is almost unthinkable for first century Jews and their ancestors as they might recall the story of Uzzah who reached out to grab the Ark of the Covenant when the oxen stumbled. Some of you might remember this story. And he dies because he touched the sacred seat of God, Yahweh, whose purity and goodness and beauty is too much for our cellular makeup to handle. Now in Jesus Christ becomes touchable. God's touchable nature helps us understand the stories of Jesus' ministry. Not just the nativity narratives, but all his physical interactions with people. And we'll be looking at some of these stories each week of Advent. Each time that Jesus touches a person, each time that Jesus touches people, our pandemic perspective actually now helps us understand how special that is. Many of these people, The lepers, the sick, the blind, the demonized. These are people who understand, as we do today, what it feels like to avoid touch or have people avoid touching them. But in Christ, we know that God can touch these people. And in Christ, we know that God can touch you too. Today, I I want to talk about the character of Thomas and the story of Thomas. Now, typically, this is an Easter story, but 2020 is all messed up anyway, so who cares? I'm using it for Advent. Now, the account of Thomas is this fascinating story. Most of us are probably familiar with it, or at least familiar with Thomas's nickname, Doubting Thomas. We often read this story as a cautionary tale. Don't be like Thomas, who doubted. There's even that peculiar line from Jesus at the end of this passage in John chapter 20, where he says, Because you, Thomas, have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And it sounds like Jesus is saying, all the people who trust in God are blessed. But Thomas, uh, you're sort of semi-blessed or maybe not blessed that much because you needed proof because you doubted. Now the thing is with this passage, we often focus on doubt. But this morning I want to suggest something else. Instead of thinking about this as a story about doubt, maybe we can think of this remarkable story 
is a story about touch. Now, there's a progression of this passage with the two stories preceding it. All three stories are reactions uh, in this string of stories to the resurrection of Jesus. The first story features Mary Magdalene, who shows up at the tomb of Jesus after the resurrection. Or after the, sorry, after the, the crucifixion. When Mary recognizes the risen Jesus in her midst, who she first mistakes for a gardener, she actually turns toward him, maybe to hug him. But Jesus denies her an embrace. Mary apparently is not phased by this. She runs to relay the news to the disciples that she has encountered the risen Lord. And the second story, later that night, happens later that night. The disciples are behind closed doors, hiding from Jewish leaders after the crucifixion. Jesus appears inside this room with the disciples. He shows them his wounds, and then he breathes on them the Holy Spirit in this spectacular moment of anointing. The text says the disciples are overjoyed when they see him. Now this is where we pick up our story for today. In John chapter 20, it reads, Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hand and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So Thomas, in these first two stories, he wasn't there. He was not with Mary. He was not with the disciples on Resurrection Sunday and on that evening during their first encounter with this risen Christ. Thomas missed the biggest event in human history. And all of his friends, all the other close followers of Jesus, saw the risen Christ alive after he had been brutally executed. And so what must Thomas be thinking? Our, um, our kids love this British cartoon, Peppa Pig. It's about a family of pigs, and Peppa's the older daughter, and she's got a bunch of little animal friends. Their neighborhood is all just families of, of animals. Our girls make us watch an episode every Saturday night. And there's this one Christmas episode where everyone in Peppa's family gets the gift they asked Santa for, except for Peppa Pig. 
Now, to make matters worse, Santa even gives Peppa's best friend, Susie Sheep, the same doll that Peppa asked Santa for. But on Christmas morning, Peppa got nothing. Santa's forgotten me, she, she says, depressed. Now, at the end of the show, of course, Santa comes. The gift was stuck at the bottom of his bag of presents or something, and, and there's this relief that Peppa wasn't forgotten, that, that Santa did remember her. I think about this story when I think about this passage with Thomas, and all the other disciples had this encounter with Jesus, but, but not Thomas. For whatever reason, he missed it, and maybe he thinks Jesus has forgotten him. But then Jesus comes back again. And it's not to see Mary. It's not to see the others. He comes back this third time just to see Thomas, to show him that he wasn't forgotten. And Jesus gives Thomas the opportunity that's more intimate than any of the other encounters. Touch. Put your finger where the nails pierce me. Stick your hand in my side. Now, granted, it's gross, but it's intimate, too. When you read this story, you realize Jesus came back to this room only so that Thomas could touch him, so that Thomas would believe, so that Thomas would have faith. Jesus didn't let anyone else touch him, not Mary, not the other disciples, but Thomas, he realized Thomas needed it. Thomas needed to touch to believe. And so Jesus comes back in the flesh just to give Thomas that opportunity. And then in the Bible, the, the, the chapter closes in the Gospel of John, and the next few verses read as if the whole Gospel is concluding, basically telling us that Jesus performed many signs and wonders and all the things that were written in this Gospel of John, in this book, were also that the hearer might believe as well. Scholars think that chapter 21 after this passage is a postscript to John, perhaps written by the same author, but an addendum. Now that doesn't mean John 21 is that that final chapter is any lesser of scripture. It was just an additional thought that may have been added later. Now I also tend to believe that John's original writing kind of ends here with this story about Thomas. And if that's so, John's gospel starts and ends with the word becoming flesh so that all of God's children might believe in him. And then it illuminates this peculiar verse at the end of the chapter. Because you have seen me, you have believed, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. This isn't Jesus scolding Thomas for doubting, saying that people who believe without being able to see and touch are better than those who do. This is Jesus speaking to the hearer and reader of this text, telling us that Thomas had this experience, yes, but even though we don't, Jesus is still real. And Jesus can still come into our lives and still touch our hearts today. And like Thomas, today you may feel alone abandoned, forgotten in this pandemic. You may feel isolated, locked behind closed doors in this stay-at-home order. You may be in a place where you want to trust that God is real and present and good in your life. 
but the events of 2020 have left you feeling like you just can't believe without some sort of real touch, real connection from God. This gospel tells us that Jesus does want to touch you. He is reaching out to you, and he does want you to trust him. In a time of human history where there's so much uncertainty and anxiety in all of our lives, our job might be in jeopardy. Our health might be at risk. Our family relationships might be under stress as we are confined in the same place for all these hours. Our political stability in this country as a nation is still sort of tenuous. But God still has your life in his hands. Even in all of this, Jesus is reaching out for you to trust him. And so this Advent, may you experience, as Thomas did, his touch of faith. Let's worship.